Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Alan Condon with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by John Polycandriotis, who's the CEO of South Florida Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. John, pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Before we kind of kick things off, I'd love to turn the floor over to you to hear a little bit about your role and your background. Oh, thanks, Alan. This is such an honor for me and pleasure, so thanks for having me. Uh, so my name is John Polycandriotis, and I'm a scientist at heart. Um, after college, I worked towards and received a PhD in biochemistry, got to work in academia and pharmaceutical, in the pharmaceutical industry for a while. And when I went back to school to get an MBA, um, a, a bunch of colleagues of mine convinced me to leave pharma and to leverage my scientific problem-solving training uh, to answer healthcare questions, right? To, to think about, can I use a scientific methodology to answer operational strategic questions? So that happened about 15 years ago. And and since then, I've overseen strategic initiatives in the ASC space. I've led ambulatory operations for a hospital system. I've worked for a number of very successful private practices, been in the not-for-profit world, for-profit world. I'm a lifelong learner. And, and, and as you just said, I'm currently have the privilege of serving as a CEO of South Florida Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, who happened to last month um, actually get awarded Orthopedic Practice of the Year by the uh, American Association of Orthopedic Executives. So I've been fortunate and blessed throughout my career. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks so much for that insight, John, and congrats again on that uh, orthopedic practice of the year. Huge, huge achievement, no doubt. Um, I know 15 years, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about how much has changed since your healthcare journey began, um, but and even in the last year or so, so much has happened. But when you're looking across the ASC and the healthcare space today, what are the kind of two or three trends that you're most paying attention to and why? Yeah, thanks, Alan. That's a great question. And, you know, the first thing that I, I always keep an eye on is looking at healthcare through the patient eyes, right? So that to me, it's, it's about the consumerism of care. That, you know, we, we don't live in a world where it's just about quality anymore. Right? I mean, quality is important, but now it's also about access. It's about convenience. It's about, you know, really understanding the entire healthcare ecosystem experience through the eyes and experience of the patient. Uh, the second trend that I'm, I'm keeping tabs on is how, you know, healthcare as a whole is transitioning from a transactional relationship with patients to more of a transformational partnership. And what I mean by that is that, again, it's, it's, it's not just looking at a clinical outcome, you know, did that fracture heal, did that bone fuse? It's, it, can healthcare as we as providers, as systems, optimize health for our community, for our patients? Can we provide stuff that is more comprehensive, coordinated, you know, is there an opportunity to provide education, weight loss programs, smoking cessation, you know, prehab programs, a sense of community, again, going above and beyond just that pure clinical outcome. Um, and then the third trend, again, is that continuous push to the ambulatory setting, you know, especially now in a time of consolidation. So it's thinking about, okay, well, not necessarily just the needs of today, but man, what, what's happening tomorrow? What, what footprint do we need tomorrow? Who do we want to partner with? What should we look at from a clinical perspective, from a financial perspective, and from a market perspective, uh, from an ecosystem perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, three, three trends. Thanks for kind of breaking those down. Uh, one thing I wanted to pick up on, obviously consolidation was something that you, you mentioned most recently. 
I mean, something that we've seen across the healthcare spectrum, I think specifically in orthopedics as well, um, you know, we're kind of seeing a lot of these um, smaller, independent, mid-sized orthopedic groups kind of banding together, forming these, you know, 100 plus physician groups. Uh, we're seeing more and more of this over the last couple of years. Is this kind of a trend that you think we're going to expect it to see more of as we kind of evolve over the coming years? And is this something that you're kind of paying attention to at your organization? No, they, I, I think you're hitting it on the head. I, I think consolidation will only continue. I think um, in the private practice setting, the way to survive what's happening from a reimbursement from perspective, from a staff shortage perspective, our perspective is, you know, you have to find ways to create economies of scale, economies of size. You have to really jo uh, join forces with people that are like-minded when, when, when looking down, you know, the path of the vision of where healthcare is going. So, yeah, I think consolidation is continuing. I think it's something that a lot of groups are paying attention to, um, and I think um, it's inevitable. So it's about survivability and making sure you make the right decisions for you, your progress, and your community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly interesting to kind of pay attention in the coming years and see how that develops. Uh, one thing I want to kind of pick your brains on, I know you've recently been CEO of, of your orthopedic practice now, I believe since October of last year so. But I know recently it came from Vail Summit Orthopedics and Neurosurgery out in Colorado. Uh, how do those, how, what are the, the, the biggest difference in the orthopedic space between those two markets? Are any any particular different challenges that you've noticed between one role and the next? You know, it's, um, that's, a, that's a great question. And I, and I think systemically, you're, when you're in a leadership role, you're trying to address the same fundamental questions. You know, is the system, is your, is your practice, running as, as efficiently as possible, right? So you, you take a deep dive into operations and make sure you have the right people in the right role doing the right things. And then at the same time, it's about looking ahead and trying to create a vision that excites people about your community, your organization. It's about engaging the physicians, the staff, because um, ultimately everyone in that organization has a role to play in the success of the organization, right? Whether it's operations, whether it's clinical, whether it's quality, right? Every person is a leader. So from a, I guess, holistic perspective, I think leadership is transferable. Um, what's different is will be just the market dynamics, right? It's like the number of players in a specific market, you know, Vail, Colorado is a very different market than South Florida. So again, with different dynamics, different payer mixes, different uh, compet you know, competitor initiatives. So, um, so at the detail level, for sure, it's different. But I think systemically, it's about being a great leader that can create vision, that can empower staff to do great things for the community. Fantastic insights there. So, John, can you tell me a little bit about what have you been working on? Kind of achievements. Obviously, you mentioned at the top of the podcast about the orthopedic practice of the year, South Florida orthopedics and sports medicine. What are you most excited about right now? Yeah, I'm most excited about right now. Can I can I can I say I'm most excited about this conversation, Alan? Can I use that? <laughs> um, Absolutely. Um, but here, but so I, but th that'll be my a my a point. My B point is, I mean, I'm really excited about technology. To be perfectly honest, I'm so excited to see how technology evolves. What's happening in the OR? You know, how, how is technology making things easier, faster, more efficient, higher quality, safer? Uh, how virtual reality, augmented reality, is coming into play? I'm excited how technology is helping us become more efficient. You know, it's about how, how do we really reduce manual repetitive processes to reduce error rate, to reduce, you know, time of workflows? Because, again, we're all dealing with staff shortages. We're all dealing with higher and higher, you know, you know 
P&L as an expense ratio. So it's, if we could find ways to use technology to make us more efficient and effective, that is fantastic. And lastly, I'm really excited how technology is interacting with patients. Um, you know, again, going back to my comment about consumerism, I think understanding how technology can help enhance the patient's experience, their expectations of transparency, control. We could do so much more stuff, you know, pre-visit, online, online scheduling, online, online registration. And I think technology is evolving to the point where now patients can have personalized care through technology. So of all the things that I'm, I'm focusing on, it, it's really trying to utilize technology for us, for the organization, for our patients, for our community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a lot to kind of unpack there. A lot of exciting things happen around the technology front. One thing I want to just pick up on, I know, you know, we're hearing a lot, a lot, a lot about AI, artificial intelligence, the coming year, the last few years and kind of, but it seems like really the last couple of months, really, ChatGPT, some of these platforms and the use of AI in healthcare, just um, just kind of getting your thoughts. Is, there, is this something that's on your radar? Anything that you're kind of putting to use or see the benefits there in the future? Oh, wow. This is, this is definitely going beyond my, my scope yeah. of expertise. But, but, but I'll be honest, again, I, I think you have to embrace technology. I think that people that I, I think healthcare is behind the, the, the eight ball and a number of initiatives because of their refusal to embrace technology. So I think we have to understand that technology evolves organizations, societies, cultures, people's expectations, right? So I think we have no choice, but to, we live in a time where we have to embrace technology because that's what our patients are expecting. You know, we, that's, that's just the expectation of sustainability. So Again, I can't speak to the specifics of the things I'm most excited about, but it's one of those things where I am excited to keep learning about how things are evolving. Yeah, yeah, but certainly beyond my area of expertise as well, but something to just kind of interesting to kind of pay attention to. I just thought I'd shoot, shoot you a quick question on it. Um, sure. So getting back to, of course, your practice, your market, um, over the next year, where are you focused on? Where do you see the biggest opportunities for growth for your practice? Yeah, as I was kind of alluded to earlier, you know, I, I think at a fundamental level, growth is really about understanding, you know, where you're currently at and where you think the puck is going. You know, it's about finding that balance of how much time, effort, and energy do you need to to put towards building that, you know, that foundation of operational excellence. You know, we're all dealing with staffing issues. We're dealing with burnout, both at the provider and staff level. We're, everyone's dealing with expense control. So there has to be effort towards building a, an awesome foundation while at the same time trying to keep your head up and ears open for intentional growth opportunities. Again, the, the, the goal is never growth just for growth's sake. It's about smart smart growth. And you know, for me, it's, it's always about two drivers. The first driver is about making sure our people feeling, our, our staff are feeling supported, making sure our physicians are engaged, our staff are engaged. You know, leadership has opportunity to grow and develop. Our employees see a future with the company. It's about getting people excited about where the organization is going. It's about having everyone have a clear understanding of, you know, outcomes, patient experience, staff experience, physician experience, and the bottom line. And so I think you need to put effort towards that foundation before you can even really think about growth because growth without foundation will just crumble. And the second driver of growth, I think, for me, and again, this comes from probably my scientific background more than anything else, is that it has to be data-driven growth. Right. I think you have to have mechanisms in play where you're capturing reliable data that you can trust. Because I think that's that's what you need to convert conversations from doing from who is right to doing what is right. You know, there's a lot of um, bias that's always out there, 
And a lot of people think they know what's going on, but data to me is the normalizer. And I think once you have really good data and you can have honest conversations about what is right and what the data is showing, then you can start putting together pro formers and strategic initiatives on how to grow, how to improve operations, who to recruit, when and when to recruit, how to expand, what service lines to develop. Um, Because the one thing that I I truly believe is that organizations should be data-driven organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, really interesting to get your thoughts there. And so we'll be paying attention to your practice over the coming months and years to see how, how you get on. Um, speaking on growth, one last question on this. I know in recent years, we've seen many big providers like orthopedic groups um, enter the Florida market, um, such as Hospital for Special Surgery, uh, Rothman Orthopedics recently making big moves in there. Um, what makes Florida such a, I guess, for lack of a better word, key battleground for orthopedics specifically? And, and how do you see competition among orthopedic groups evolving in the state as, um, as, as healthcare increasingly become, becomes more consumerism, as you mentioned previously, um, amid, amid some of these new market entrants as well? Yeah, that, that's a, that's the million dollar question. If I, I, I was to say, whoever has that answer, please please call me. Uh, but but let me, I'll, I'll tell you my perspective. You know, I think Florida um, is an interesting market because I think there's a lot of influx of people moving to Florida. Um, I recently saw a statistic that was provided to me that in 2022, um, I believe 600,000 first-time Florida licenses were given to transplants. Right, people coming from New York, from California, from Illinois. Um, so there's been a massive, massive influx um, of people moving to Florida, and good, better, otherwise. So when you think about a demand supply curve, the supply is the the demand for orthopedic care just is skyrocketing due to the the relocation of people moving to Florida. Um, and then when you think about just a market analysis, when you have so much so much demand, it makes the market very appealing, right? So. So I'm, I am not surprised that um, larger organizations are trying to establish flags here in Florida, and, and they will be successful. Um, there's there's a, a lot to do and a lot to uh, manage here. Um, from my perspective, to me, it just offers an opportunity for intelligent partnerships, right? You know, I think my goal and vision has always been, how do you make the pie bigger versus competing over individual slices of pie? You know, how, how do you find the right partners to provide the entire continuum of care for a community for patients, right? So it's not necessarily just about competing over a specific knee injury. It's about competing for that patient for life, right? And I think there's an opportunity for all of us to sit down and figure out how to do what's right for the community and for our patients. And again, it's, it's through partnership. It's through, it's through open communication. So again, I, I never see new, new market entrants as necessarily competitors but just as an opportunity for the market to evolve for us all to do something great together. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic and really fascinating insights to kind of wrap up on today. John, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you today, and I look forward to connecting with you and hearing more about your practice down the line. All right. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for your time. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.